It's been a day. <clears throat> Excuse me. Don't judge my burp, right? It was about a four. It could be better. But welcome back to the treehouse, everybody. We're going to talk about five levels of intimacy. But not only is there five levels of intimacy, there are four different types of intimacy. Not only that, but we're also going to talk about what can block intimacy. And that's going to get a little touchy. So, we're going to dive into this head first. <laughs> now, some of you may think intimacy and automatically sex. But intimacy does not have to be sexual, okay? Get that shit out of your head. Nasty. <laughs> I'm kidding. I have a dirty mind. But anyways. So, five levels of intimacy. Let's get to number one. Level one is safe communication. And we call it safe because <laughs> it absolutely involves just the exchange of facts and information. That's it. There's no feelings, no opinions, and no personal vulnerability involved. So, there's no risk of rejection. This is the kind of interaction you would have with someone like a grocery clerk or something where you just be like, oh, hey, how's your day? Oh, mine's great. Okay, cool. Thank you for bagging my groceries. Bye-bye. <laughs> so people communicating at this level share a minimum of intimacy. But then there's level two where sharing others' opinions and beliefs so at level two, we start sharing our thoughts, beliefs, and opinions about certain things. We say things like, oh, my mother always says, or one of my favorite authors said. You know, statements that test each other's reaction to what we share with them or what we're offering with our own opinions. This is slightly more vulnerable than level one. Slightly. But because we're not sharing our own opinions... We can distance ourselves from the opinion if we feel threatened by criticism or rejection. I am a big baby <laughs> when it comes to rejection. You reject me, I'm going to hide under a fucking rock when you're never seeing me again. Ever. We go to level three, where it's personal opinions and beliefs. We start taking small, small risks at this level. Because we begin to share our own thoughts, our own opinions and beliefs. But like the level one and level two, we begin to feel too vulnerable. We can switch our opinions and change our minds in order to avoid conflict or pain. And if you're like me, I love to avoid conflict and pain. <laughs> like I do not ever want to have a confrontation where it results in me physically feeling like shit. And then there's level four. My feelings and experiences. Okay, so sharing feelings and experiencing the same vulnerability and intimacy at this level, we talk about our joys, our pain, failures, our mistakes in the past that we don't want to fucking talk about, our dreams, our goals. This level is more vulnerable 
because we're sharing our feelings, our deep feelings, our truest fucking feelings, details of our past or our current experiences and situations that's happened to us. If we sense that we may be rejected or criticized, all we can do is try to convince the other person that we're not impacted by our past, but we're fucking lying. All right, stop lying to yourselves and myself. Stop lying. I'm telling myself that shit. Just be open. Be honest about everything, okay? And then there's level five. My needs, emotions, and desires. Now, level five is the highest level of intimacy. It's the level that requires a great amount of trust. And trust is a big fucking thing. If I can't trust that you won't reject me, (laughs) I'll never be able to share my true self with you, ever. Unlike the other levels, there is no escape at this fucking level. You believe that once you let someone see who you really truly are, once you let them know how you really fucking feel, then you can no longer convince them otherwise. Communicating at this level means we offer someone the most vulnerable part of ourselves. And the greatest fear is that they could use it against us later. When we share things like, I'm hurt when you don't spend time with me, or I don't feel any desire for sex, which is not a bad thing, okay? Some people just don't wanna have sex and don't fucking make it feel like there's some alien or some shit some people just don't like it all right anyways or like i'm having a problem getting an erection don't make fun of them it could be a real serious issue or someone just basically saying i love you and i want to spend the rest of my life with you we're sharing not only what hurts or worries or fears us but also our desires and needs It's also the level where we let each other see our emotional reactions to things. But true intimacy, it is so important to understand that true intimacy in a relationship happens over time, not in a fucking day. Rome wasn't built in a fucking day, okay? But not even a week or even a month. You know, okay, think of your best friend. How long did it take before you felt at the highest level of intimacy with them? Were you able to trust them completely or share your deepest self? It's the same romantic relationships. True intimacy develops over time. But other important elements needed for true intimacy both people in the relationship (laughs) relationship need to move through the levels together together people you hear me together if i'm sharing at level four with someone you know my feelings and experiences but my partner is sharing at level three of opinions and beliefs we're not experiencing true intimacy I may feel closer because I'm sharing at a higher level, but in reality, what we have is a false sense of intimacy. In truth, (laughs) intimacy is measured by the person 
with the lower level of vulnerability. And sex is a false sense of intimacy, okay? False. False advertising. So when you look at all the five levels, I'm pretty sure you'd agree that the fifth or highest level is the healthiest, safest, and most intimate place to have sex. When we feel loved unconditionally and have the highest level of trust, we'll be able to give ourselves completely to each other, which increases intimacy. And I honestly feel like you can enjoy sex more. We can have sex at all other levels, but without the same level of trust and vulnerability of sex, you know, it may be associated with anxiety, fear, and distrust. All of these, which I'll get into later about in the blocks of intimacy. But... (sighs) Sex isn't intimacy, okay? We need to get that out of your head. (laughs) But when we have sex with someone before we have established a level five intimacy, we're just creating false sense of intimacy in our own relationship. Yeah, the sex makes us feel closer than we really are. Emotional intimacy requires being able to risk conflict in order to move to the next level. And handling conflict in a healthy and safe way without being rejected is what allows us to build the trust we need to communicate at a higher, more vulnerable level. Okay, sorry, I took another bite of my banana. So now that we know the levels of intimacy, okay? There are four types of intimacy. Four. Emotional, mental, spiritual, and physical. You know... Sorry, I'm just swallowing my banana. (laughs) All of these types of intimacy... Let me explain. Okay? After these few messages. Okay, welcome back. I farted like a thousand times. Okay, I over-exaggerated. I farted a few times. Anyways, let's dive into the four types of intimacy. Emotional, mental, spiritual, and physical. We're going to get into emotional first, okay? This is harder than you think, but the feeling of being deeply known by another human being and being able to deeply see, hear, and totally accept and trust them as well. This is a feeling that can only occur through consistent action 
but the actions themselves don't automatically lead to emotional intimacy. So let's let's break this down, okay? The key word here is vulnerable. You know, take the risk not to just protect yourself. You can't simultaneously protect yourself and be emotionally intimate. Let your heart be seen. So let's let's get into it just a, a tad bit more because there's just something else that sets up the foundation for emotional intimacy. Whatever the other person is expressing is their reality. Even if you disagree and even if you stop them and, and start trying to correct them or tell them wh- why they are wrong, then you have basically said you're not listening. They aren't important and you have completely shut down any chance of connection. You might also fall into the trap of saying, I'm listening and I'm making sure that you're heard, but we still don't seem to connect. Remember, what was said earlier, actions themselves don't automatically lead to emotional intimacy. If the other person doesn't feel like you are sincere or that you really heard them, emotional intimacy will not occur. It will not fucking happen. And it doesn't happen after one time either. This is something that takes time and consistency to really develop that deep connection. And I'm going to reiterate this. Action not words nurture this okay we're gonna get into spiritual intimacy this is my favorite one okay spiritual intimacy comes in the form of respect of others beliefs maybe there's a a shared purpose or you nurture each other your mutual values and ethics can be a form of spiritual intimacy this doesn't have to be religious but it can be What moves you? When do you feel joy? When do you feel joy? Share that moment with your significant other for the opportunity to to connect spiritually. All right. I had a loogie in my mouth. Sorry, that's why I slurred. (laughs) Mental intimacy. Okay. Maybe this involves, you know, a little playful banter that you two share. Uh, Being able to just simultaneously have conversations or problem solving together. This doesn't have to be work, but maybe a game puzzle or sport that you guys can fucking play together. But the key word here is both, okay? Playful. (laughs) You know... Playful competition for some couples can be very stimulating. I don't know a couple like that, but I'm pretty sure they're out there somewhere. But make sure you are evenly matched or it defeats the whole fucking purpose. Don't fall into the misconception that this is about IQ. You can be mentally stimulated without having the same IQ. If you have found another ways to connect mentally, you know, there's a term sapiosexual. I am one of those. If you don't know what it is, look it up. All right. Physical intimacy. Physical intimacy is not just about sex. 
it's about the ability to express ourselves with another person sexually. This includes affection, but it's more about physical comfort and closeness with the other person, with or without sex. It is giving and getting of pleasure for both people. Both people, okay? Not just one and you just pump it and done. No, okay? Many times, if you don't have a connection in one or all the other areas of intimacy, it is really fucking hard to connect physically. So if you and your partner are struggling physically, I would encourage you rather than demanding sex, you take a step back and ask yourself, how have you connected with your partner in the other areas? Hmm? Keep in mind what you did last week is long gone and connection must occur on a regular fucking basis. And <sighs> chances are you have filled several of these with your friends and are feeling very connected regardless. But a good starting point would be sharing these different types of intimacy and asking if they feel connected in all of these areas. If your partner is resistant, then focus on your actions, on how you are showing up for that person. You might be surprised. Now, we're going to get into what can block intimacy. There's a lot of things that can block intimacy. One of them, sexual abuse. And depending on their age, survivors of sexual abuse are at great risk of experiencing developmental delays such as anxiety, fear, distrust, not only in their partners, but in other people. They have low self-esteem, poor body image, suicidal thoughts, multiple sex partners, lack of emotional commitment in romantic relationships, and specific fears. They can develop PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, where the person can have either one of these symptoms. They re-experience the trauma all over again through nightmares or flashbacks and for me personally, I I can't have my lights off. I sleep with nightlights still. I have to sleep against a wall. My back needs to touch a wall. And they can avoid certain things, purposely or not. You know, thoughts or feelings and situations that remind them of this traumatic experience it sucks for me personally I avoid I avoid a lot <laughs> but this isn't about me it's about everybody else some of them might be hyper arousal where the person is always on alert and fucking Feeling like they're in danger when there's not danger at all. All of these things 
can cause someone to not want to have sex. And it's not the person's fault. You have to be very mindful of where your partner's mind is at during these times. Because you don't know what kind of specific fears they have that's stopping them from having sex with you. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. I apologize for the delay. Well, it's not really much of a delay because all of this is <laughs> crammed into just one segment. But I had to take a shit, okay? And if you know me, they're like an hour long. I like to sit there, not to ferment in it, but, you know, just to let things happen naturally. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's besides the point. Let's get back to this most important part of this episode. We left off on what can block intimacy. We left off on sexual abuse. This isn't very easy to talk about. For one, I was sexually abused. Not just once, not just twice, more than three times. And it has caused a lot of dysfunction in most of my relationships. It's hard to be intimate with someone you love. And it's not because we don't want to, but it's because we have triggers. If you want to make your partner feel comfortable enough to have sex with you or make love or however you want to call it, Understanding their triggers might help you. I'll give you an example. For me, you cannot come up behind me without saying something. I will literally punch you in the fucking face or elbow you or drop kick you. Something. <laughs> you have to be like, hey, babe, I'm coming up. And if you put your hand on me, that's fine. But if you put your hand on me before you say something, just know you're getting a fucking sock to the face. Sorry, not sorry. Actually, I'm probably going to say sorry because I don't hit women. As I discussed in my last episode. Never, not ever going to do that. Period. Okay. Not only can sexual abuse create a block in your intimacy 
But lack of communication is another one. Not being able to express your feelings or emotions in a positive way. That, that right there is something that you need to work on. It can be hard. I'm not going to lie. It took me about how many years? 29 years. <laughs> it took me 29 years to be able to effectively and honestly communicate how I felt or even speak on what emotions I was feeling because my partners most of them not all of them would make me feel like my emotions or my feelings were invalid they didn't listen to respond they listened and then they just attacked so of course I'm not gonna fucking share what I need or what I want because automatically that just makes me think of I'm gonna get shut down so my advice to you work on your communication it's not gonna be easy it's not gonna be perfect but at least you're trying there are other different things that can also block intimacy <sighs> my goodness gracious ass is bodacious <sighs> my bad peeps I actually like peeps that's not the point my phone died I was speaking to a phone that was fucking dead <laughs> let's jump back into it Okay, so we left off on, what did we leave off on? See, now I forgot. Anyways, we're just going to start with poor self-image, okay? So, they may not like their fucking body because they're ashamed of what happened to them and they don't want nobody touching them or seeing them because when you go through trauma like that, or you have someone who tells you throughout your entire life you're fat, you're disgusting, you're a piece of shit, you're nothing why are you wearing that, you don't even look good, etc, etc shit like that that makes someone not want to be seen they don't want to get naked they want the lights off don't make them feel bad about it of course, you can, how do I put this? You can try to make them feel that they're worth your love, that they're worth their own love. It's not just about having sex with someone's perfect body not everybody's body is perfect and that's okay 
Don't be fucking superficial where you have to have a girlfriend or boyfriend who has a nice shaped body. I like women and men of all shapes and sizes. I didn't used to be this way. It took a lot of self-love and discovery and spiritualism to get me to get that out of my mind. But not everybody is the same. It takes a lot of time and consistency and determination for you as their boyfriend or girlfriend or just their partner, however you want to identify. If your partner doesn't feel comfortable with their own body, allow them that time and that space to be comfortable on their own time, on their own terms. You can give them compliments. You can give them affirmations. Little by little, day by day, minute by minute, every hour that passes by. Reassure them. Make them feel extra loved until they feel comfortable enough to share themselves with you. Don't make them feel like they have to do it because sex is not a priority in a relationship. It is not. It's a bonus, okay? Excuse me. Your partner does not need to give you sex if they don't want to. Don't be a little bitch about it and throw a tantrum Or say, oh, well, I did this or did that for you and all I want is head. You know what? Shut the fuck up, okay? Like I said, it's not you, 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 you. It's both. Not only does their image of themselves block intimacy, but their past relationships... A lot of shit can formulate in past relationships that stop someone from wanting to have sex. They don't want to get hurt. Their trust is betrayed. Once they give it up to you, you're gone. You're out the fucking door. Or not just that, but brokenness from past relationships. There's different things other than shaming someone's body that can stop intimacy. You could be mentally abused, verbally abused. Words matter. And how you talk to your partner matters. There's different types of love languages. One being words of affirmation. Okay, ask yourself this. How do you feel 
when you hear your partner offering encouraged, positive affirmations. When I say affirmations, I mean like compliments, okay? It could be like, oh, I like how you fixed that bookshelf or, you know, kids shop with the kids or I don't know if you have kids or whatever, but, you know, you tell them, you know, you look attractive and thank you for anything and everything under the sun. So if these things make you feel the most loved and happy, then maybe words of affirmation may be your primary love language. If not, then there's different fucking types of love languages. <laughs> there's acts of service. What do I mean by acts of service? I can hear you guys already. <laughs> it's basically shit that your fucking partner would do to help reduce, you know, your stress or make you feel like you're not a burden. Like if they do chores around the house or run errands for you, take care of something that you haven't even asked them to do. It's these simple things, knowing your partner's love language, that will help you guys build intimacy and get rid of those blockages. If you're like me, then you're probably gift giver, whatever, <laughs> gift receiver. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but there's also quality time. How do you feel when your partner gives you their undivided attention and you engage in meaningful conversations, deep fucking conversations? Like, do you believe in... I don't know, aliens, or what do you think about quantum physics and fucking religion or spirituality? You know, shit like that. You spend all this time talking about things that matter to you guys the most. Deep, intimate conversations, or just little inside jokes and then there's physical touch you and your partner hold hands kiss or hug or I don't know lay close together physical touch is a love language and I didn't know that <laughs> How do you use love languages in your relationship? If we want to build our relationships with our partners, a healthy fucking relationship, it's work. We have to fucking work at it. We have to tell our partner what makes us feel loved. And we need to show them what our love language is in the ways that we want to receive love. That's how you can use love languages to improve 
your relationship. It's not fucking rocket science, people. Ask questions. Not only ask questions, but listen. Like I've been saying, listen to respond. Not listen and react. Understand that some people are at different levels and it takes time for someone to feel comfortable enough to have sex. Even if it is for their first time, it has to be special. It has to be with the right person. Not only that, but I want you all to keep in mind that sex is another form of energy exchange. And when you guys get intimate and touch each other, you're exchanging energy. And if that other person, your partner or whoever you're having sex with, has a whole bunch of shit that they haven't dealt with, that gets exchanged to you. You may or may not know it or feel it, but it can cause serious fucking problems for you. I advise you to look it up and figure out all this spiritualism I'm speaking into you right now. But protect your energy. Protect your thoughts, your feelings, and emotions. But don't ever hide them. Don't ever keep them in. Express yourself. Share your feelings. Because it's like my mom always said, a closed mouth never gets fed. And with that being said, we're going to close it with say it, affirm it, live it. Right after these few messages. I love saying that. go people say it out loud say it in your head but say it nobody's watching okay (laughs) close your eyes leave them open however you want to do it but really feel it okay take a deep breath in and let it go I honor my body, my mind, and my soul by trusting the signals and messages they send me. Every day I wake up, I am full of energy. My mind is calm and my heart is open. Every morning when my feet touch the ground, I instantly become rooted and grounded with Mother Earth. 
I stay connected to God's source and my higher selves and my angels because I keep my mind open and my heart open. I give out love and it is returned to me 10 times fold. I am open and receptive to all the wealth that the universe provides me. And I constantly attract more opportunities that create more abundance each and every day. All right. See you next time. Bye-bye.